All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and of course, dailyfaceoff.com. And with Bryce Salvador, former New Jersey Devils captain and now analyst at MSG Network, we're staring down a new week like Connor McDavid did Rangers <laughs> players over the weekend with one of the goals of the year. Bryce, how you doing? Great. How about yourself, Frank? It's been uh, good. It's been yeah, a fun lots weekend. going on this weekend. And uh, let's put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and drop the puck with this. Our first topic and the big news of the weekend was the Chicago Blackhawks deciding to fire head coach Jeremy Colleton after parts of a three-year run. Uh, one nine and two start to the season. There's been tons of stuff going on in Chicago to start the year. And I'll throw this stat at you, Bryce. The Chicago Blackhawks allowed just 21 shots in their win on Sunday night. The low, the fewest that they've allowed in nearly 16 months. So is that a coincidence or a trend of what we're going to see under new interim coach Derek King? Well, I hope for the sake of Chicago that it is a trend in the right direction, a spark for them, if you want to say that, or at least anyways, the perception of stability. By bringing Derek King in, you kind of have the players inside that locker room say, you know what, Frank, we're starting to get some stability in maybe a direction. Yes, you know, we have uh, interim general manager Kyle Davidson come and say it's only going to be one year guaranteed, but here's, like I said, stability. So as a former player inside that locker room, that was going to be the next domino to fall. It was just a matter of time. So I'm glad that is out of the way. So then it allows us to say, to take a moment back and reflect, okay, 
we got to get the remaining distractions, as big as they are, out of this room so that the players can settle in. And that, to me, is what we're seeing with Chicago. They brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. They bring in Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson. And these guys walk into, quite frankly, just a storm of what is going on here. How can we get our minds in the right situation to play these games? And so you're seeing Marc-Andre Fleury can't stop a puck. Then that leads to the defense breaking down and then the fourth not being able to produce. And so and this is a lot for Taze and Kane to also have to weather through guys that are, you know, the face of this organization when the organization's credibility is really, you know, taking a big hit. Yeah, and look, there's no question that it's taken a big hit. I think one of the big things for me was that this was Kyle Davidson's call. So I think that gives you some sort of indication as to uh, the sort of runway that he has and influence that he has, even though he's also in an interim role. But, you know, how else do they clean up some of their defensive zone play, Bryce? I mean, I mentioned the shots and, and trying to settle things down now. That was one of the big knocks under Jeremy Colleton was that things were just kind of a mess in their own end. Well, yeah. Well, Frank, first off, I always talk about it starts with the mindset. So now if you can have Mark andre Fleury settle down first, right, then Seth Jones can maybe take off some of the pressure. He's fighting it. He's forcing plays. He's he's trying to do too much. And then he's got a lot of pressure on him. But Frank, you know, and we're going over time here, but if you look at it, his point production is is double what he did in Columbus last season. So he's producing offensively, right? People don't see that. But when you're being berated in your own zone and you're making bad plays and you're not getting the goaltending, right, it's never going to turn around. So start with Marc-Andre Fleury and then Seth Jones. Yeah, well, dash 20 uh, and goal <laughs> differential this year, they're in the running for the green jacket. So not necessarily the, one, the position that you want to be in to start the year. Let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers and their comeback over... The New York Rangers uh, capped off with that incredible McDavid goal. You know, some people were saying the best goal that they've seen in the NHL since that diving uh, vintage Alex Ovechkin goal back in 05-06. For me, you know, the Oilers have been continuing to click along uh, their power play is at a historic level. I guess the big question for you, Bryce, is can they play at the even strength level that they need to be a Stanley Cup contender? Yes, and for me, that's the next step that they need to take is really define their even strength, offensive game and defensive game. When you're clicking at 50% on the power play, that's unrealistic to continue in the playoffs. And so offensively, even strength. Their controlled entry success percentage, which a lot of people will be surprised about this, is 29th in the National Hockey League. You think these guys would be skating in at ease, but that's not the case. They're having to dump it in at a high rate, but their ability to dump in and forecheck and prevent exits is average in the league at 15 and then their ability to make passes to the slot and then to get those shots off from the slot is below average and average at 19 and 16 so you're starting to see a little bit of a trend here that they're not as good even strength and then for me i always look at determination grit how are your 50 50 puck battle win percentages right now that's average at 15 and so for me offense even strength when you get to the playoffs and those meaningful games in march and april these areas need to be better, in my opinion, for the Oilers. And then defensively, if we move to the defensive stats in their zone, this is an area as well that needs to be better. They're not denying enough teams from skating the puck in. They're 30th in the league, Frank. And then when the teams have to dump the puck in, right, they're not, they're not breaking out enough. They're 29th in the National Hockey League. And they're allowing – they're ranked 20th in the terms of passes to the slot against and then also – the amount of those passes the slot that become slot shots, they're 18th. And so, 
And then here's the stat again, 50-50 puck battles, 15th in the National Hockey League. So defensively, offensively, even strength, I think this team needs to go one more level to really go deep in the playoffs because special teams hasn't been a problem. It's been phenomenal. They're getting okay goaltending. You know, that's still a little bit of a question mark. We'll see when Mike Smith comes back. But again, special teams get you into the playoffs, especially in the regular season. And then it's your even strength play that really determine how far you can go in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's not us nitpicking at all on the Oilers with their 9-1 and oh, one start. No. <laughs> and, and you look at their power play, as good as it's been, they didn't get the calls in the playoffs previously that helped them sort of get over the hump. Uh, when you're scoring a goal and a half a game on the power play, that's going to cure a lot of your ills. So, um, you know, we'll see if they can continue to ramp it up on the even strength end. So let's take a look at a team that many saw, speaking of contender, as the hot, trendy contender to start the year. <laughs> The Colorado Avalanche, everyone feels like everyone was picking them, Bryce, to win the cup before the year started, and yet they're off to a 4-5-1 and one start. What are you seeing from the Avs that, that's been causing them to struggle? Well, first off, all of us on the Daily Faceoff show had these guys winning the Central Division, So, and they're the only division-winning team, Frank, that's below 500 through through the start of the season. So for, for me, it starts off with the special team. So what's been helping Edmonton? is now is what's been the, one of the crutches for the Colorado Avalanche. They're only clicking at 10% on the penalty field. So right off the bat, you're not going to get any wins if your power play isn't contributing. Even strength, you're seeing guys like Laniscog, you're seeing McKinnon, they're producing at that point over point of rate. You're having a great season from Kadri and, and uh, JT uh, Kofor. He's having a great start as well. Ratnan, a little bit of a slow start. Injury, he's only played seven games, but... Even strength, the team is is okay. Special team hasn't been there. And then for me, when I look at the back end, that's kind of really been the biggest uh, concern to start the season is when you have both Johnsons, right? You have, you know, Bowen's been good. You know, he's a rookie. He's coming in. He's done a great job. You got Taze finally getting back into the lineup. And Gerard, sorry, yeah, Gerard getting back in the lineup. Or no, Taze getting back in the lineup. And they're small. And where I'm going with this, and the reason why I say they that miss Ryan is Graves, huh? Exactly. You you read my mind, and and they basically replaced him with Ryan Murray, and and who was also with the Devils. So it's it was a trade almost how it kind of came around. Um, and on the back end, I see what Ryan Graves is doing for for uh, the Devils, and I've now become a big fan of him. He's big. He's ending plays. He can complement any offensive defenseman and gives them more room to feel confident, make some mistakes. And so, you know, Kale McCarr knows out with a couple, he's only played eight games, maybe he'll come back in, but I have a new appreciation for, you know, Ryan Graves and potentially what he did defensively for the Avs. Yeah, I mean, look, it, that was one of the big knocks on the Avs previously, even when they lost last year, was they didn't have necessarily the size on their back end, and then they go and they trade Graves, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're in a spot where, well, maybe they just doubled down on one of their weaknesses. So I guess my question for you is, what's your level of concern with the Avs? When you look at some of the production that they've gotten in the in the early going, Nathan McKinnon just one goal, level of concern 1-10. to 10. Uh, right now, I'm I'm floating at about a seven or eight because wow. if, you know, hmm. yeah, Kemper, you know, he hasn't been strong either in goal. So uh, if he can, you know, start, you know, making some saves, steal some games for them, um, and maybe Dave's, uh, Tay starts to really get going, uh, Gerard gets going, maybe. But I'm now concerned about the physicality and them being able to play 
defense of hockey as it gets tough again and they just don't have the size and, and I don't think they're going to be able to end plays and effectively break out and, and really protect that slot area when you start having some big forwards coming down on you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, seven or eight. That's still pretty surprising uh, given that it's uh, just about a month into the season for the Stanley Cup contending Avs. And one team that we definitely were not talking about as a Stanley Cup contender and probably still aren't. <laughs> But when you look at the start that the Anaheim Ducks have had, this seems and feels like a team that has begun to turn the corner a little bit. Troy Terry, the start that he's been off to, an 11-game point streak, eight goals so far this season, 14 points, as the Ducks are floating near the top of the Pacific Division standings. What have you seen that you've liked from the Ducks to start the year? Well... Dallas Eakins has done a phenomenal job of getting these guys all to buy in. And that's what I'm seeing. When the, when, uh, when the Devils played uh, Anaheim, they had nothing. They got shut out for nothing. You just saw the way Anaheim, especially at home, were coming in waves. They're getting production from guys like you just said, Terry here. And, you know, yes, he's clicking at 32% or something crazy like that, his shooting percentage. And so that'll come down a bit. But when you have Henrique, off to a great start. You know, Kevin Shattenkirk, who's got a, who's resurrecting his career right now, uh, you know, he's almost got as many points as he had last season total for Anaheim, and that being Shattenkirk. So you're getting some production from some guys that were kind of not really producing very well. They were kind of in some talks, like, are these guys going to even be able to help us next season? And then Eakins as well, thinking that he was going to be probably the first coach fired this season. Um, and he's done a fabulous job. So it's just one of those things where I hope for the sake of Anaheim, that it continues, right? Like right now, we said we go back to Terry. He's shooting at a 32%, which is probably unrealistic. But mm -hmm. you can't take anything away from these guys. And Getzlov has done a phenomenal job centering that top line. Yeah, I mean, what I love about the Ducks is they went out. They had a historically bad power play last year. They add Jeff Ward as an assistant that helps come in and helps fix that special team issue. It seems like that's gone a long way for them to start. And then not only that, but when you look at, you know, what they're icing uh, in a lineup perspective on a nightly basis, oh. you know, even without some of the guys that they've had, uh, the dead cap space and, and some of the guys on LTIR, they're kind of at a 56 or $57 million salary cap hit. That's actually below the NHL salary cap floor at 60.2. And so what they're able to accomplish with a whole host of guys from 750 all the way up to just about $2 million on their forward group. Their highest paid forward is at 5'8". This team has been able to do something special without a lot of help, uh, certainly in terms of the big guns, and, and their young players are taking a significant step forward, headlined by Troy Terry. Let's talk about another surprising team, and let's get to the All-32 this week. <laughs> That's right. In the All-32 this week, we want to take a deep dive on the Columbus Blue Jackets and welcome in front of the show, Aaron Portsline from The Athletic. Porty, how you doing? Good, guys. How you doing? Good. Great. Awesome to have you here talking uh, Blue Jackets. And, you know, you look at the start of the season that they've had. Very little in by way of expectations, very little by way of fanfare. Brad Larson and company getting it done also without a ton of star power. What's been the key to Columbus success to start the year in your eyes? Yeah, well, it's a great question. Congrats on this new venture, guys. It's, it's been a, a smashing success. Thank you. Um, you know what? I, I think there are, there are lots of things at play here. I think 
I do think people overestimated how how much talent left and maybe underestimated the quality of players that were left behind. There's still some really good players in Columbus. Having said that, they're they're at the start of the season, and we're not out of the woods yet. It's ten games. <laughs> it's a long way to go. These games are going to get tougher. The, the the planning, the strategizing, teams are going to know what to what to expect. You know, the next time through against the Blue Jackets. But the two major spots on the roster you worried about were down the middle, still a concern, and the right side of the D. And I, I think the one player that's really helped them immensely down the middle is rookie Cole Cylinder. You don't expect an 18-year-old to really, really help you uh, at center, especially number one center at this point in the season. But he has been, from the start of training camp, their best two-way center. You look across this lineup, Boone Jenner's off to the best start of his career, at least goal-scoring-wise. He's got six through ten games. And the other huge concern was the right side of the D. What can they what, what can they do on the right side of the D? You lose Savard, you lose Jones. Those are two huge losses from any decor. You replace them with Bean and with Boakfist, who's Adam Boakfist is injured right now, so he's not on your chart there. But Jake Bean's really been a bit of a revelation for them. Not only could you, yeah. you wonder, could he play against top uh, talent as part of the number one pair with Wierenski, but as a sort of as a defenseman who leans offensively, could he mesh with Wierenski in that top pair? Could Wierenski be fully himself with a player similar to him next to him? And they've looked really, really good. And I, the, the thing we have to mention too, Elvis Merzlikens, Jonas Corposal has, has been good as well, but Elvis Merzlikens has a 940 save percentage. He is a motivated goaltender. He's being treated for the first time here as a clear number one. And he wants to win the Vezina Trophy. I'm not sure if it happens this year. I'm not sure that this team is set up to have a goaltender win that, that great trophy. But he's playing and performing at that level right now, and it's really carried them a long way. Well, you're exactly right, Aaron. Like Elvis has been spectacular, and I have to say that he'd be the MVP right now you know, if you were giving away awards for your guys' team. And, and and one of the questions I have for you is, as I look from the guys at Daily Faceoff, we did our rankings, and every one of us had Columbus finishing dead last in the Metro. And and we may be, you know, surprised here. And you got Jenner, like you said, six goals. Bjorkstrand's got five. Sillinger, four. How sustainable is the offense for me? Like, Jenner, he's, he's shooting at 23%. Historically, it's 10%. Yes. Bjorkstrand. 18% historically, he's down at 12, right? So, uh, Sillinger is at 12%. We'll take that. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Played with his dad in St. Louis. So, how sustainable is the offense? Yeah, well, it's, it, that's a, a fair question. You just look at Boone Jenner. He's got six goals through 10 games. You extrapolate that over a full season. I'm going to take the under on Boone Jenner having 48 goals. Nothing against him, but he's going to cool off, right? We, we know this. Um, is Jake Voracek going to score? He's, he's, he's been an assist guy to this point. Is Jack Roslovic, who is tied for second on this team in scoring, is he going to join the party? He's been almost invisible through 10 games. Had two assists on opening night. He's got one assist in the nine games since. He hasn't scored yet. Um, so they've got some guys you think have yet to get going. Another guy who's hurt right now, so, so he's kind of a little bit off the radar for the next month or so, Patrick Line. Was just a, it was a, by anyone's account, a major disappointment last year. 
uh, a shell of himself, and you wondered where this was going to go here. He has been phenomenal. From the start of training camp, he has been an engaged, uh, impact player, both both in his play and from everything I've been told we're not in the room. We don't, we don't know these things, but the way that he's interacting with guys in the room is, is a totally different player than last year. He's been a point-of-game guy. So is some of this stuff sustainable? Highly, highly doubt it. Can other aspects, is, is, is Elvis going to have a 940 all year? Probably not, even if he has the great season he expects to. You expect that to cool off a bit. But there are still some guys on this team that have yet to get going. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a, a tough road at times this season for these guys just because of the way this roster is comprised. Has Cole Sillinger played this much against players like this? There's going to be a point in the season for him where it probably becomes a physical challenge to keep going as an 18-year-old in the National Hockey League. Uh, so that it's going to be an interesting season. Th- this is not a team that expected to to be in the race for the playoffs this year. But I got to tell you, just being in the building Saturday, um, good luck telling the people in the building that this was going to be a long season because the people had a blast and they're feeling it. And, and uh, you know, there's a great energy about the group right now because so much of it's changed. Yeah, and quickly, Porty, I just wanted to ask you generally about the energy, not in the market, but more so around the team. We had Brad Larson on our pod, the DFO rundown a few months back when he was hired. And, you know, you could tell the sort of attitude that he brings to the table uh, and, and his clear communication as well. How much has this team fed off of some of the energy and also sort of being counted out and the underdog aspect? Has that helped uh, set the tone for this year? Yeah, well, I think that underdog thing, I think that's the easiest. Bryce, you could tell us this. I think that's yeah. the easiest thing to hold on to as an athlete, right? And I, I'm always amazed that this doesn't. Doesn't apply to this team who somehow convinced themselves that they too have been underrated. You know, Duke basketball's 32 and 0 one year, and they're saying nobody believed in us, and we won the national championship. Everybody believed in you. Um, I do think it's applicable here. Uh, if you looked at the preseason prognostications, this team was for sure a lottery team by everyone's measure. By a lot of people, the worst team in the league, or one of the worst teams in the league. I didn't think they were that. Again, you've got Boone Jenner, Gustav Nyquist, Voracek, Wierenski. This is a team that they did not bottom out or bring it down to the wood, as some rebuilding teams have. Uh, they've, they've tried to sort of rebuild on the fly a bit. They've got Chicago's first-round pick next year. That's looking, potentially, that's looking pretty sweet. But I, I think the idea with the fan base, certainly with the players, is to ruin their own first-round draft pick. No, we're, we're not going to just... The players aren't just going to fall in line with management if that's the plan and have a top five pick. They don't want to hear that. That's a room full of proud veterans. And that's the really hard part of quote unquote rebuilding. Um, so it's absolutely a motivation for this group. Having said that, it, I, I do think the season is long and there's going to be some rough spots. I think you should be prepared for that if you're the Blue Jackets. It's hard to hide when your weakness is down the middle, it's hard to hide. When you've got defensemen playing one or two spots higher than they typically would, and this is not a physical defense core by any means, that could be an issue when the season starts to get hairy in in February, March, and April. But you know, I think you also just let it ride too and see how long you can go with it and let the let the good feelings carry you as far as you can. That seems to be the mood around here right now. Love it, yeah, I love the let it ride 
uh, <laughs> mentality. And it'll be really interesting to watch how this all unfolds because I think if you're Columbus and you're in this spot, you also don't want to be in that murky middle either where you no. know they play oh. so well this season that they end up missing the playoffs and then you know they're rebuilt in some ways uh, yeah. even with that Blackhawks pick, which by the way is lottery protected. Uh, that could, you know, certainly keep the Blue Jackets, you know, uh, prevent them from moving forward with the rebuild in the way that they want to. So thanks so much to Aaron Portsline for joining us. Really appreciate your insight as always. And you can read his work on The Athletic and check him out on Twitter as well. A Portsline is his handle. Thanks so much for joining us, Aaron. And this was another edition of The All 32. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, guys. All right, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. Happy to take your questions as usual. And there was so much attention, Bryce, about Connor, to, paid to Connor McDavid's goal, and rightfully so, facing off against four Rangers players. I don't know, you know, one word to describe it. Uh, I used ballsy in the sense that if you, <laughs> you look at that picture and you say, hey, I'm entering the zone, and this is exactly yeah. what I'm going to pick my way through, love to see it. But was there not enough attention paid to the goal scored by Matthew Kachuk over the weekend? Absolutely. And I want to give Matthew Kachuk some love. These are some kids that I were in the locker rooms in St. Louis when I played their dad, Keith Kachuk, you know, did a fabulous job of just keeping these guys grounded and understanding how to adapt themselves and the way the game was changing. When you look at this goal, not only in my opinion, is it spectacular from just the aspect that he had the mental ability to do that. It's the wherewithal, it's the timing, it's the spatial recognition while you're going backwards to know where Shesterkin is, where the net is, how high you have to elevate this. And we're showing this in slow motion. It doesn't happen this slow on the ice. You got Tenorti coming in the backside. You don't know if he's going to run you over, all right, or if it's going to be a stick check, what he chooses to do here. So just the patience and the poise that you saw from Matthew is quite remarkable. And if you had done this on any other weekend, <laughs> you know, we would be talking about this to the extent that we were talking about uh, Connor McDavid's goal. But again, just, you know, it's just one of those goals. I know people talk about a lot of kids are doing between the legs, but I haven't seen anyone doing it while going backwards. Yeah, that's a really good point by you. Just the just the balance and skill required to do that in addition to the thought process and the creativity. We've seen him before as a between-the-legs master, and, and yet he strikes again. And so maybe when it's all said and done and we get through game number 82 for all these teams, that we include that in the goal of the year conversation. But as you said, overshadowed a bit, and rightfully so, yeah. by Connor McDavid and his ridiculous effort as well. Let's get to the daily face-off best bets of the day. Mr. Tyler Uremchuk, how was your weekend? It was okay. We went 2-0 and on Friday. We won our first bet on Saturday. The winning streak kept growing, and then it was ended by who else but the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Saturday was finally not a good day to make some money off the Coyotes. So the winning streak comes to an end. Quiet night in the NHL tonight, so let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. And only one game that I really like on this slate, and it's in Washington as the Sabres roll into town. Both these teams struggling to get wins as of late. You got the Capitals, who have lost three in a row, but 
They've all been one goal games and they've been going up against some pretty good competition, Tampa, Florida, and Philly. So I like them in a bounce back spot tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm going on the puck line as well. Daily faceoff has Vitek Vanacek as the likely starter. So that is something to keep an eye on as we go throughout the day here. Nothing yet on the Sabres starting goalie. But regardless of the goaltending matchup, I like the Caps in a bounce back spot on home ice on the puck line at minus one and a half and minus 105 is the payout there. And that's your only play tonight, courtesy of PointsBet. Love it. Let's see if you can keep the streak going up a bunch of units to start the year. Well done, Tyler. And let's get to garbage time with Bryce. So Bryce, we've talked and given some love to a lot of teams that have had great starts to the year. Columbus with Aaron Portsline just dove into them. The Anaheim Ducks as well. What about the Detroit Red Wings? Yes, and I've been hearing everyone asking me or seeing everyone ask me about Lucas Raymond. Is he the real deal? He's having a great start. And to be honest, Frank, I was like, yeah, he's a fourth rounder, uh, but he's 5'11". He's a, he's a winger. Uh, you know, is this just smoke and mirrors? He's just getting some lucky bounces. So I started watching some of his games and wow like this kid could potentially be the real deal and i dove into it even more and i'm looking at his points per game in this generation of players when alex ovechkin and Sidney crosby came in in 05 06 and when you look at what those guys did through the course of a full season and their point production per game look where lucas raymond is as a winger all right, the only winger, should he finish as strong as he is? I want to preface that, like this is a long season. He's got a lot to prove, but 1.08 points per game. There's no other winger that's had a higher point per game on a wing than Alex Ovechkin, and that won the call, the call there. So this kid might be for real, and as I just continue to watch him, this is a player that none of us had, I, I believe, as winning the Calder Trophy, because he's really come out of nowhere, especially as a winger. And this really gives a lot of you know, credit and, and to what Iserman is doing there. So not only did he draft Lucas Raymond, but he also drafted uh, Sider, you know, sixth overall in, in 2019, the year he came in. And look what he's doing on the back end. His points per game is getting close to what Kale McCarr did his rookie season. So these are, he's like, and if his third pick, uh, was it Evanson? Uh, if that hits as well as a six rounder that he drafted last year, he's going three for three in drafting, not in the top three traditional picks that have been shoe in. So Eisenman definitely has got the eye for talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's been the entire Red Wings MO the last number of years is making all their picks count. And the funny thing about Raymond and the generational question is that if you go back to when he was 14, 15 years old, that's exactly the type of question that people were asking about Lucas Raymond then growing up in Sweden, playing in the Swedish Elite League uh, as a teenager as well, going fourth overall, uh, certainly off to a fantastic start yeah. with the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, that's it for today's show. We thank Bryce Salvador. We thank Aaron Portsline from The Athletic. And we thank all the good people behind the scenes making the Daily Faceoff show go. Until then, until tomorrow's show, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.